Kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to These Three Things Podcast, a podcast for women, where the conversation is about us, our relationships, and every area of our lives. This show is about unity, support, kindness, and keeping it 100% real. So we can rise up, move, we've got the victory, burn us Queens, kings, and good people. It's your girl, Sharana Reeves. You are listening to These Three Things Podcast, and I am back. (laughs) I thought y'all might like just a new sound. What's up, everybody? I have missed my audience of These Three Things Podcast. I know y'all are wondering, where is she? Where has she been? She was supposed to be back after her 50th birthday getaway. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Let me fill y'all in because, you know, I'm constantly filling y'all in on what's up with me. So uh, you're right. I was supposed to be back after my 50th birthday getaway. But let me just tell you, for those of you who have turned 50, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those of you who have yet to turn 50, listen up. When you turn 50, that is truly a benchmark birthday. And that birthday isn't just one that you celebrate and then you get back at it. I thought it was going to be, but actually 50 deserves a moment. You know how when you open a bottle of wine and you let the wine breathe before you pour it? That's what turning 50 was like for me. I needed to let 50 breathe. I needed to let 50 marinate and have its moment. And more than anything, you guys, I went inward and thought about and journaled about the first 50 years of my life and how I felt about it all and what I felt that I was going to do better or try to do better moving forward the next 50, God willing, years of my life. I want to focus on what I can do better what I learned, areas where I've grown and can grow more. I want to continue to push myself in new ways. It was just so many things, so many things inwardly I thought about 50. And coming right back to the show just was not feasible. I took the whole month. 50 demanded the whole month. But in the process of me taking my 50 break, uh, I did do some podcast recordings. I did do some IG lives. I did the most recent one with a good friend of mine, Dania LaForce. You guys will remember her on the Mothers Against Racism episode. Uh, she and I had a great conversation about her son, Terrence Mann, who is a guard for the L.A. Clippers. We talked about her raising Terrence as a single mom. As many of you know, if you've listened to the Mothers Against Racism episode with Dania, she too was a college women's basketball coach and a head coach for many years. And we talk about the decisions that she made that she felt was beneficial to her son, Terrence, and also to her uh, second son, Martin. So if you haven't had a chance, please rush over to at Sharana Reeves IG page and you can listen to it there, the full interview and look at it. 
I did log on that night on my at Sharana Reeves IG page instead of my These Three Things podcast IG page. So if you happen to go to the These Three Things podcast Instagram page, I have directed you back to the at Sharana Reeves Instagram page. My fault, y'all. I don't know how I let that happen. But anyway, I'm super excited for you guys to meet my guest on the show today. Her name is Julia Rock, and Julia is a career and leadership development coach. What Julia does is help ex-basketball players translate their existing skills into high-paying, in-demand careers after sports. And I love that. For those of you who are new to These Three Things podcast, I was a college women's basketball coach for 20 years. I am a former college basketball player. I played at the University of Alabama. Woo-hoo, roll Tide. And um, I know that what Julia does is needed far too many times in all sports. I know Julia focuses on basketball, but in all sports, far too many times, African-American student athletes will get their degrees and have no idea what they're going to do once their eligibility is up in their sport. Far too many schools still don't have the support to help those student athletes figure out where their next step may be because a lot of times it's really hard to get an internship when you're a student athlete in the summertime because many times Coaches want their student athletes to stay on campus, take classes, work out, stay in training. Don't lose, you know, the training that you've built up over the past however many years and whatever year you are as a student athlete. And so it's really hard for student athletes to build up that network uh, when they're in college because there's so many demands on them for their sport. For those of you who think the student athletes are like regular students, you are so, so misled. They have jobs. Being a student athlete in college is a job and they do their job year round. So as I said, many times student athletes will graduate, they'll have a degree and have no direction. Many times professional athletes who have played their sport for years will have spent all of their years playing the sport that they love, that they have no work experience. So when they retire, they're not sure which direction to go, what to do, what uh, they're qualified to do. And Julia helps ballers figure that out. And I love that. And so for all of my uh, coaching friends, coaching colleagues, uh, parents, former players, this is an episode that you should be listening to and you should get in contact with Julia Rock so that you have someone on your team, someone who's there to help you and to guide you as to how to maneuver once you graduate from college, once you're done playing in the WNBA, once you're done playing in the NBA, Julia is the person to know to help you get where you want to be. So let's get into this episode with Julia Rock career and leadership development coach on these three things podcast enjoy do you need to get a handle on your stress need to get better control of your emotions join the 19,000 plus students who have taken Dr. Patricia Thompson's 21 day crash course in emotional intelligence you'll learn practical techniques that will help you to manage your emotions improve your relationships and get ahead in your career all in the comfort of your own home. Learn more at her website, silverliningpsychology.com, on the self-study page. Again, that's silverliningpsychology.com. Hey, queens. 
and kings and good people. This is Sharonda Reeves and you are listening to These Three Things Podcast. And I am talking to a guest today that if you've been listening and you are a listener of These Three Things Podcast, you know that I always like to talk about how I know the people that I do interviews with or that I have podcast episodes with. And today I will tell you, this is actually maybe my second time having conversation with my guest, but I'm super excited for you guys to hear her, know what she does for a living, how she came about doing it for a living, and why, and any of you who know me that know that I came from basketball land know that this will be a conversation that I would really want to have. And so I'm super excited to have Julia rock with me. Julia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How are you doing this evening, Sharon? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. First of all, let me tell you guys, Julia's from NYC. I lived in NYC hey. <laughs> from Brooklyn, correct? <laughs> Is it Brooklyn? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Uh, Brownsville in Brooklyn. Okay. Listen, I went to CCC when I lived in New York. Did you, Kristen oh, Colton? Wow. Yeah, I went to CCC. Uh, I lived in Long Island because I was the head coach at a D2 school in Long Island. Uh, but I would mm-hmm. drive into Brooklyn every Sunday and go to church at CCC. And I loved Pastor A.R. Bernard. Actually, one of my assistant coaches was his armor bearer at CCC. And that's how I found what? out about the church. And I was like, oh, man, I loved it. It was great. Wow. Wow. That's that's awesome. I mean, and and the thing is, you know, um, I've, I've moved around a lot. And so you don't mean as, you know, when you're outside the city, when you find somebody who's like, yeah, I used to live in Brooklyn. Or I used to spend time in Brooklyn. You just, you just feel a sense of pride and excitement because yeah. like I said, when you're outside the city, you miss, you miss that energy. So. Yeah. Oh, listen, and that is so true. Like being a Southern girl, I'm from Tennessee and I have to say, like, I tell everybody out of all the places that I've lived, New York, I miss the most because there is just an energy about New York that you just, it, you know, you have to be in it and live in it to just understand and appreciate it. And, you know, for Southern people, New York is just way too fast. Like if you just, you know, if you're <laughs> if in living in New York, if you are trying to pull out onto the freeway and you're thinking people are going to slow down and let you in, you will be waiting in the fr- on the side forever to get in. Like, you just got to pull out in front of people. This is the New York way. Like, they understand. Like, you got to get in. You just so, got to go with conviction. Yes. Go with conviction. If you're going to go, just go. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But something about that I loved. Like, I love the, the just the straightforwardness that was New York. Like, it's like, we don't, we, you know, there's no, you know, even though there is BS, but there's a level of like, there's no BS here. You know, like it is what it is. Time is money and we about this money. So, you know, let's get moving. So. Exactly. And that's why I try to tell people, because they say New Yorkers are mean. It's like, no, we're just about our business. Like we don't have time, a, a lot of time for the small talk. It's like, let's just, let's just get to it. And, you know, it's no offense, but it's like, we, you know, if we're not going to get to the money, let's, let's end this conversation so I can talk to somebody else about some money. Yes. <laughs> yes. And let me just tell you, I think, I think that part in me is how I've always moved. That's why I appreciate New York because in the South, I think sometimes I've been seen as rude because I'm not a big small talker. Like it's not that I don't care about what you're talking about, but if it's business related, I'm like, let's, let's cut to the chase. Like, what are we saying? Like, what are we doing here? And you know, down here in the South, we, you know, we want to small talk you. We want to get to know you. We want to know everything about you and see me. No, I didn't need all of that. I'm like, let's just cut to the chase. What are we doing? What are we saying? Where are we going? You know? So Exactly. Let's get to it. Yeah. So I appreciated that. I appreciate that. So Julia, first of all, again, thank you for being here on the show. 
For those of you who are new to the show, I come from basketball world. I was a college women's basketball coach for over 20 years. And even though I'm no longer coaching anymore, I still like to know what's going on in basketball world, what's relevant to basketball world. Like I'm literally on my Issa Rae rooting for everybody black. So (laughs) I'm always just keeping up with things. And so I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see this tweet from this really pretty sister. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what she's talking about. And I can't remember exactly what your tweet said, Julia, but it was about kind of what you do for a living or helping former basketball players get to the next level. And I thought, hmm, I want to I want to read more. So I clicked on your bio and then I saw what you do for a living. And I was like, there is someone out here who recognizes that there is a need for this and is actually doing it. I must speak to her. So I hit you up on Twitter instantly. And Um, reached out to you because I just wanted to just have this conversation and I'd like for you to share with my audience, you know, a little bit about yourself. Obviously we've just talked about that you're from uh, Brooklyn, New York, but uh, just, you know, how you started this and and what exactly you do and and how it came to be your passion. Uh, Absolutely. And thank you again for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And so just, just to share with the audience, so I'm, I'm Julia Rock. I am a career coach and strategist, and, and I own an organization called uh, Rock Career Development. And through my company, you know, what we do is we help um, basketball athletes. So at the student and pro level who are transitioning out of sports, we help them to translate their existing skills into high paying in-demand careers. And and, and, you know, for me, in terms of how I actually got from, you know, you know, got into this, uh, I don't have a, a, a sports background. I mean, I, I can barely walk in a straight line, much less, you know, play any sports. But, um, you know, for me, I saw a need in this space because I was a career coach for, um, you know, coaching corporate professionals for, for a very long time. Uh, I started unofficially, uh, coaching, uh, I guess it was back in 2006. And, um, and then, you know, over time, I, you know, continued to coach friends and family members and so forth and so on. And then in 2013, I got into uh, actually launching my business officially and, and, and starting to, to, to coach, you know, and, and getting paid for coaching um, and, and resume writing and other things starting in 2013. But, you know, this this year, you know, I decided to make a shift because um, I actually had a client from a from a corporate client. Her brother was transitioning out of basketball. He had played uh, in the NBA and then he had played overseas and in some different countries. Uh, And he was he was returning to the U.S. and. The, the idea was that he was going to need an opportunity from, from a career perspective. You know, every, you know, all the basketball players, they don't all have LeBron and, and, and Steph Curry endorsements. So, you know, what happens to those basketball players who, who don't have those kinds of endorsements or, or, or deals? And so, you know, I started working with him and and seeing that he truly didn't have any idea as to how things work from a corporate world perspective, the right way to put together a resume, the right way to present himself in an interview and, 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 and to really just get prepared for entering uh, the, the workforce from a corporate perspective. And so, you know, and seeing that need, um, 
you know, I said, this is a skill set that I have that I can share with these athletes. And basketball has always been my favorite sports. Like I said, I took, I can't play worth a damn, but you know, it's a sport that I want, I watched growing up. You know, my dad used to coach my church team. My brother used to play in, in high school and he also played for our church team. And it's, it's a sport that I grew up around my entire life. And so it's something I've always gravitated to. And so having an opportunity to help athletes in my favorite sport was just something that, that I wanted to do. Um, and so in terms of what we actually offer, we offer a, a full suite of, uh, of services. So it's really around the coaching when it comes to getting into the corporate, getting into the corporate world. So, so everything from job search to um, uh, interview strategy, networking, uh, et cetera, all the way up through salary negotiation, just helping these athletes understand, you know, how they can take their existing skills and get into a high paying in demand career. You know, you, you see the stories about people who left sports or left music or left acting and they're ending up bagging groceries and so forth and no tea, no shade to those careers. But the fact is that that doesn't have to be you. You can translate your skills into something that's high paying worthwhile um, and maximize the skills that you have already. So, uh, um, so, so that's a little bit about, about me. Like, I'm so inspired by that, Julia, just the fact that coming from the coaching world, as I've said before, it's such a need for what you do. So I know that you primarily focus on basketball. So are your clients more college based or are they more professional based or a mix of both? it's a it's it's a mix of 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 college and and those who are transitioning out of the out of the pro level um yeah so 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 it's a mix of of those because because for me i want to help the students uh especially because you know when when we think about statistically speaking you know it's less than two percent of college athletes that are going on to play any sort of professional sports. And so the idea is that we want to help these students really get armed with uh, the skills they need um, so that they can transition successfully um, after school. However, you know, the, you know, my thought is that for those who were able to enjoy some level of professional success, but however, they may not be, um, may not have the funds or the endorsements or the deals. I want to still make sure that they're able to exit sports uh, successfully and, and seize opportunities at well. So the, as well, so it's both uh, college and, and at the pro level. And I am um, looking to also help at the high school level uh, as well. So, so that's kind of the, the, the next foray for me is, is, is seeking to help at the high school level because you have those folks who want to get, you know, they want to skip college and, 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 and try to go get into the pros or they think, you know, okay, I'm going to go to college and, you know, and then I'm going to get drafted. And it's really about arming them at, even at the high school level to understand, you know, not trying to crush anyone's dreams, but providing a sense of realism um, so they have a game plan that just in case you don't get drafted, you could get drafted. But let's say you don't mm-hmm. or let's say you do get drafted and then you get injured, you know, or some other situation presents itself. How are you going to be able to provide for yourself and, and what's your future going to look like? Um, and also helping these young people um, to have an identity outside of sports, because, you know, when you do the research and so forth, you see that many of these athletes, they struggle with identity 
you know, outside of sports because that's all they know. And so having a fallback plan or a plan B or a safety net, however we want to frame it, it you know, it's, it's not just about the future, but also just giving them a sense of identity and a sense of self outside of their sport. Yeah. Okay. So do you see it being equal share where uh, you there's a need for help with female athletes as well as male athletes in the basketball world? Or would you say that it leans more toward the male athletes needing more help? So, um, you know, when it comes to, to between men and women, um, I don't know if I would give a percentage. I mean, the majority of my clients right now have, have, have been, have been men, but just from the research, you know, part of the challenge is, for, for women, even if you look at the pro level in, in the in the WNBA, for example, mm-hmm. the top salaries are only about 200 grand or so. Um, yeah, I think it's 225 or 221 or something is, is the top of the line for WNBA, um, you know, versus, you know, what the folks in the NBA are getting paid and, and even some of these over, overseas salaries. And so just even from an earning potential perspective, um, you, you know, that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tougher challenge even for women. Cause even if you make it, uh, if you make it all the way to the NBA and, and you get on a team, you know, it's, you know, to make $200,000, depending on what additional endorsements you have, you know, is, is that enough to sustain your future? Um, especially if you get, you know, if, if something happens, if you get injured or, or there's a, another issue on the team and you can't sustain and you can't sustain that, um, and so, and, and what I find is that on both sides, if, if you haven't been equipped with the knowledge about, um, about how to apply for a job or why, you know, why getting your degree is important or what to pursue from a degree perspective, um, or having the skills to, to job search effectively, interview effectively, et cetera, on both sides, you're going to see that, that there are challenges. So, um, I, I think that there just has to be attention, especially, and then, like I said, especially for the women, because even at the highest earning levels in the NBA, uh, in the WNBA, um, those salaries are still, not not all that high and so if you have a short career you know that doesn't necessarily give you a a, a huge nest egg to work with uh past that point so. right 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 so you know i wonder you know just listening to you talk like you talk about uh student athletes coming out and and knowing and understanding and i want to just talk about the college student athlete for just a second because, you know, that's the world that I come from. And I know that a lot of my listeners know me from women's basketball, women's college basketball. And I'd like to just kind of stay in that vein for just a minute with you. Were you shocked when you started in this, Julia, at how many college student athletes came out with degrees, but yet still unprepared to know how to network, market themselves, uh, prepare their resume? Uh, Were you shocked at, at what you found? Um, I think it, I think it's more dis, disheartened than, 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 than shock, especially for the, for the students who, who look like me, um, you know, just, just for, for reference, I'm someone that I say, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black, you know, no, not saying I don't help folks of, of other walks of life. I have plenty of clients that I've had over the years who have been from other walks of life. But when it comes to those, I help, I, I put in focus, uh, um, black and, and, um, individuals and, and people of color. 
Um, and so, especially in, in, in those spaces, you find that, you know, that there's just lack of knowledge or that lack of, 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 of understanding as to, as to how to pursue, how to effectively pursue a job. And, and that goes, like you said, to the resume, to, to the networking, to the interview, mm-hmm. because you have to think for these students, you know, it's, it's been all about sports. Right. It's like making sure that they're performing at a high level, making sure that they're winning games, making sure that they're they're getting their team to to the to the success that's expected. But there's no real thought as to, okay, well, what happens outside of this? What happens to this person's career, their life, their future after this? Uh, And so. Like I said, I think it's it's more disheartening, even, you know, as I've done research as well and just seeing kind of, you know, the depression that that um, that some of these athletes go through, um, because you know, what do they have after sports? If they, if they and if they can't and if they can't go to the pros, what what do you have? Because they the, the degree that they have, you know, it may not be something that can offer them uh, a job right away. And and I think that people don't talk about that enough. That major selection in colleges is is, is essential. Um, because there are a lot of business administration and psychology uh, degrees out here um, that aren't getting people jobs because, again, you're not equipped to go right into an organization and start adding value. And so it's just, um, like I said, I, I think, you know, major selection or and having the right push um, to pursue a, a career, again, effectively pursue a career or a job. Those are all the things that are missing. And so these students come out, you know, ill-equipped for the world that's in front of them. And, and, and yes, they've got a wealth of skills from sports, but they don't know how to translate those skills into a conversation for them to get a job. And how, it, how would they like, for example, Are there things, because I think that regardless of whether they have some idea or zero idea, I think what you do, Julia, is necessary just in general. Because for people who look like you and I, we are, in a lot of of cases, we're starting from ground zero, trying to figure that out once we're done playing our sport. There are occasions where universities that you've played for will kind of help you and navigate you into opportunity And that depends on a lot of factors that, you know, I won't go into right now, but it depends on a lot of factors and how that works for various student athletes coming out graduating. But are there things that uh, they can do? Like, obviously, you said, you know, your major choice is key. But what other things can they do that can prepare them um, better, even to come to someone like you and say, okay, these are the things that I have done uh, these are the things that I have worked on. And does and do all of these athletes have to have great grades? Because I know that there's going to be someone that's listening to this and saying, well, yeah, but, you know, I didn't get serious about school until it was too late, you know, so my grades are really not that great. Like, speak to that, like the part of what can they do outside of, you know, choosing a major and just steps along the way, even if their university or college is not trying to help them, that can prepare them better to sit down with someone like you once they graduate and help them. And then also, too, if their grades are not that great, like, is will that be an issue in helping them get to the next level? Or can that be be worked around just like other things? Sure. So, so, so let's talk about, you know, kind of tangible things that they can do. So, um, 
So we talked a little bit about the major selection, but also making good use of the career services center at your university uh, or college. Um, you know, most of these schools, if not all, have a, have some sort of, of career services center that you can go and engage with the with the personnel there. I'll tell you that's that's part of how I got into um, to resume writing and career coaching was because I spent all the time I could in the career services office because I really wanted to get a job. But then while I was there I was just soaking up the knowledge and then I was able to translate it for friends so um going to these career services centers and many of them they whether it's that they put on mock workshops uh, or, or mock interviews they put on workshop seminars they have people who review your resume then they also have partnerships with different employers uh you know within the area for for career fairs they may they may have speakers that are coming in um to to, to share uh, you know what it's like working at the company what kind of skills that they're looking for so truly making um making the best use of the career services center uh, at, at your university. Um, then, then depending on the classes that you have, many times you'll have uh, speakers that are coming into certain classes. So I know that, that when I was in, um, so, so I, I have a finance background. And so, so for some of my finance classes, you know, they brought in, whether it was an, an investment personnel or people who had launched their own business who had come in to share some, some, some knowledge and to help us, kind of just give us some advice. And so soaking up those opportunities to, to learn uh, from, from folks who are coming in. Also, if there are, um, if there are student associations, I know that they, they may not have time if you're an athlete to go to, to, to meetings every month and, and attend everything, but look to see if there are potential events here and there that, that some of these professional kind of student organizations are putting on that you could maybe glean something from. So maybe once a month or whatever, whatever the schedule allows. But again, leveraging resources that are typically free because these student organizations, when they're, when they're bringing in um, personnel or they're running workshops, it's typically not asking for uh, to, not to be asking students for money. So again, it's a, another free place to, um, you know, to get information. Um, and then, then it's also, uh, you know, making the, making use of the internet, right? So when I was in college, uh, there wasn't a whole, you know, LinkedIn wasn't a thing. And, and a lot of these, you know, career websites weren't a thing. Uh, but, but this is a time where students can then, um, you know, fast forward to 2021, students can then leverage, you know, a site like LinkedIn to learn more about companies, to learn more about what organizations are looking for, because they're on other social networking sites or social media sites. They're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook. So, uh, you know, learning a site like LinkedIn and learning to to see how other professionals are doing things and, and kicking off their careers um, and, and internship opportunities or other things that may be posted on LinkedIn, you know, using that kind of a platform is another way to um, to start learning how to um, how to progress. So so those are just just a few options of, of, of how they can start to, um, you know, start to set themselves up for success. Um, when it comes to when it comes to grades, I think it depends on kind of where you are, because, you know, obviously the sooner that you can turn the corner on, on your grades, the better. Right. And so, you know, if, if you kind of catch yourself in junior year versus catching yourself in senior year versus never catching yourself at all. So I guess it just depends on kind of where you are in your career. 
um, in your academic career. And so let's let's talk about the person who maybe at the very end is like, hey, I'm only now trying to to get my grades together. So this is a time where if there is any opportunity for you to get any additional sort of work experience or volunteer experience or something that can add to your resume so that it's not just completely focused on grades. Um, because what that helps you to do is kind of try to balance out that, okay, I wasn't the the best performer in school, but I did make time to do other things to better expand my skill set. Because what grades help to do is to show that you've shown a, uh, a certain level of mastery of, of the subject matter uh, for your major. And so if your grades aren't great, the person who's, who's looking at your resume now or looking at your transcript and they're potentially thinking about hiring you, uh, they're like, okay, well, has this person mastered enough for us to be able to bring them on. And so if you haven't caught your grades in time, what are other opportunities that you can seize in order to build additional skills and to kind of balance out, okay, I don't have the grades, but I did take some additional time to learn, to volunteer, um, to, you know, if the, again, even if it's not a full internship, is there any opportunity that I that I had to learn from someone in this field and build the skill set, whether it's work on projects, something that is in addition to your uh, your academic career so that it can help to helpfully balance out the grades? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Because a lot of times, you know, I'll be honest with you, uh, I probably didn't get serious about college until my junior year. Like I was looking at how much more scholarship I had left and I was like, OK, these people are going to give you this much time to get it and figure it out. And I started getting really serious about school and really serious about my grades. And so I know that tends to happen to a lot of us, like when that day of reckoning is coming, because like you like you've shared already, so many of us become the athlete. We become the sport that we play and we don't think right. about the outside things. We don't think about what's next or getting a job. And when I when I graduated college, there was no WNBA. Um, so that wasn't I mean, you know, most of the players went overseas and I never really had a desire to just go overseas and play. So I knew that wasn't something that I was going to do. But and I started to think about, OK, what's going to be the next step for me? And I will say in the defense of some of the schools that I've worked for, they've done a very good job of connecting the women's basketball players with the um, career services on campus and having uh, uh, organizations set up. I remember at one of the universities I worked for, we had a group called uh, Hoops and Heels, where all of uh, women who were uh, CEOs or owned their own businesses in the community met with our girls and we did luncheons and they talked about how they built their business, how they did what they did. And a lot of times internships were born out of those meetings. And I was always really honored to be a part of that because being a black woman and knowing, you know, just how hard it has been for some of my friends who didn't have the athlete connection or someone that, you know, could help them get on how hard it was for them to get on. I always appreciated that we did that for the girls because a lot of times we don't, you know, we don't, we don't think about it until it's, it's late. So that's definitely, you know, as far as the grades are concerned, you know, keeping that up and trying to catch it um, earlier than later. Um, and, 
and, and if you don't mind me, just 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 uh, hopping back in here. So so you said two things that I really want to reinforce. One is 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 internships. If there's any opportunity while you know while you're in college, you know whether it's in the off season or what have you, to to get real work experience. So outside of volunteering, outside of projects, if you can get an internship or a co-op or something, so that you can gain real work experience. Again, that goes back to the balancing. Because a company, when you're when you're applying for jobs, they're going to want to see, okay, you know, what have you done? And typically for students, if you haven't worked, they're going to look at the grades, going to look at the work that you did. So if you don't have good grades, it's like, well, you don't have, we don't know if you've mastered anything. But then if you've had an internship and you show practical experience where you've applied some of these skills, it really helps as a selling point. Um, and the second thing I want to, to mention is you talked a little bit about um, networking. And that's the other thing, you know, mm-hmm. when you're playing a sport, you know, a lot of times, again, you're, you're focused on, you know, you know, performing, practicing, you know, all, all these kinds of things, but building relationships is essential. So that again, sometimes, you know, you know, I, 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 I think I put this on LinkedIn today that relationships can take you where talent and experience may not be able to. Um, because having those connections, somebody may be willing to vouch on your behalf, even if you're not necessarily, you know, with the tip top grades and the tip top, you know, internship, but someone who has a relationship with you understands your desires, understand your aptitude and, and, and your ambition, they may be willing to stick their neck out for you to give you a shot at something, but you've got to have those relationships, uh, built. And so, you know, if your university is offering opportunities for, for employers to come in or for speakers to come in, you know, making sure that you're making the best use of those opportunities and and networking. And then also with your students, uh, like your peers, whether it's at the student organizations or other things, don't just stick to just athletes, broadening your horizons with who you're, who you're spending time with and building relationships with because you don't know who that person over there might know that can help you um, down the road. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what is the hardest part about your job? What, what would you say is the hardest part about what you do? Um, so, so I would say that, you know, um, the, the hardest part is, is, is getting over the, getting over the hump of, kind of bringing you out of that you're beyond your sport right and so because a lot of times people are thinking okay this is this is what I've done this this is all I am right and so so I think the hardest part is is trying to change the perception of you have so much to offer um and I mean that's the part that actually excites me the most because when the light bulb goes off it's great um but I think that it's 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 getting over that initial hump of there's more to you than you think. There's more skills that you have than you think. Um, you know, so starting a new career is not, um, or, 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 or shifting away from sports doesn't mean that you failed in some way or you haven't made it. It's, it's now that you're, it's a, it's a fresh chapter for you to do something new. But I would say that that's probably the, um, the, 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 the biggest, um, the kind of the biggest hurdle to get over. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that. Let's transition back to the pros a bit. So how would it go if a pro athlete, let's just say she has left the WNBA and I'm going to stick with the girls just because I'm you know, partial to the girls. This is a podcast yes. for women. Um, <laughs> let's just say she uh, has finished her career in the WNBA and she spent like, let's just say 
eight years in the WNBA playing. And all she has pretty much is her playing experience. And she reaches out to you. What does that, how does the initial process begin when that WNBA player reaches out to you? Uh, so, so typically what will happen is we will have a, a, an initial strategy session to, to better understand, um, and it, you know, there may have been some initial correspondence with, with, with some, some initial questions, mm-hmm. but um, the, the first piece is to have a strategy session. It's, it's one hour for, for us to, to really kind of scene set and understand, okay, where are we? Um, what, 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 what the need might be kind of how you're feeling, what you're looking for. And really, again, it's, it's truly a scene setting conversation because that allows me to assess, like you said, okay, is it that they've never done, um, anything outside of sports? Did they have any sort of volunteer experience? Did they coach, you know, um, at a school in their neighborhood at some point, understanding if it's just them on the court or if there was anything else, um, and then, like I said, understanding what the what the needs uh, might might be, uh, kind of thinking about the future. And then from that point, then we build out. Okay, so now from a coaching perspective, this is what the this is what the need uh, might be. So these are the focus areas that we're going to have, so that we can go from not understanding what I can do next to really getting to a point where now you can pursue, uh, now you can pursue the job confidently, or they may, you know, sometimes I've had clients who've come in and they, they, they may have someone who can talk to them about a job, but they're not, they're not even ready for that conversation. So depending on where the person might be, do they have an opportunity that they're not ready for, or they may not have any opportunities and they want to pursue it. But after that initial coaching session, it's then let's build out the four focus areas for you. What do we need to cover? And then also included in that discussion is actually getting documents built. So resume, cover letter, LinkedIn, because you also have to look good on paper as well. It can't just be you have the skills now, but but you know, um, you've got to have the documents to submit and share, whether it's through an online application or if it's that you have contacts. Um, you know, they're gonna to want to see a piece of paper for them to share with their manager or whoever. So having the resume uh, and cover letter and then having the right online presence is gonna is is critical as well. Um, and so one quick preview point is that I'm also going to be launching in, in the first quarter of this uh, of 2022, I'm launching a group coaching program uh, specifically for basketball players. Right now, uh, my coaching has been just one-on-one, uh, but um, but but come first quarter 2022, I'm launching a, a, a group coaching program uh, for 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 athletes to go through, and we're going to cover all of these topics, all the way from mindset, so kind of doing that shift out of sports and and thinking about the future, all the way through to um, your first 90 days at work, um, and as well as as discussing uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur because I know that many of many folks who uh, may be leaving sports are also thinking about uh, entrepreneurial opportunities and what that may look like for them uh, and so so we'll have a module uh, built into the to the coaching program for that so so just a just a just a pitch for the uh, for the group coaching program that'll be coming out in the first quarter absolutely and you know listening to you talk first of all I think this is this may be where your uh, New York roots uh, are probably very helpful I imagine that there's a level of blatant honesty that you have to have sometimes with former athletes about uh, maybe unreasonable expectations of what they can do. 
uh, and not to say that it's to, like you said, uh, diminish anyone's dream or goals, but having realistic expectations about what you've gone to school to do, the skill set that you possess, and then the thing that you want to do. Because, you know, I don't know if it's ever happened or not, but I'm just wondering, do you have cases where the expectation of what they're trying to do is unrealistic at that moment? Maybe you can build to that or we can get you to that at some point, but I'm sure there's got to be a level of honesty in there somewhere where you can say, okay, I don't know if that's going to be possible. And, and, and sometimes it's more so about just context, right? Because, um, I mean, brutal honesty is just, just from, from the very beginning of my coaching, um, activities has, has always just been something that I think is helpful because if I sugarcoat it for you, um, it's, 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 it's hard for you to, to, to see the, the world in a real way. Um, and I don't want to set you up for failure by telling you that, oh yeah, you can get whatever you want all the time. It's great. Um, and so, but sometimes the context matters and it's, you know, if you're thinking about, well, well, I want to get this or why am I not here? It's like, well, well, let's think about where you're starting from and think about what you're bringing to the table and, you know, where you want to go from a, from a future perspective. There, there's a gap in between there that we'll need to fill in order to get you there. So it's not that something can't happen, but we have to be honest about, well, where, what's our starting point? Let's leverage what we're starting with. Let's leverage with the skill set we're starting with, with the experience we're starting with. Let's leverage that because because it's truly valuable but you're not going to get to that kind of end goal that you see kind of right away you, there, there's there's a gap there's a middle you know that you yeah. that you have to work so it's it's really essential to have that discussion regarding um regarding that middle and and and, and helping them to understand that there's nothing wrong with 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 not getting not being at your end goal right away there's nothing wrong with that because even when you start in sports, you don't start out as the best on the court. You've got to practice. You've got to, you know, you, you fall down, you get hurt. You've got to learn new things. Um, so it's it's a very similar mindset. And so and and so that's that's that that's something I'm excited about. Also, just going back to the coaching program is to share even more broadly with 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 the cohorts that join is is that. The, the, the mindset that you had in sports about willing to be competitive, willing to train, willing to give it your all uh, in order to achieve a certain uh, um, performance excellence. It's the same thing with your corporate career. You know, you can't half step it when it comes here. You've got to be willing to put in the work. You've got to be willing to train, do the homework, do whatever you need to do so that you can get to that end result. It's a, it's a very, very similar mindset. Yeah. And professionalism. Let's just talk about professionalism for a second, Julia, because uh, as a coach, uh, having coached many years, there are players that I've watched uh, from freshman year to senior year grow, mature, become more articulate, uh, understand the scope of things and how um, once they're done with their education, how they're going to need to present themselves in a professional way. And then I've watched some of the players who have come from, you know, different backgrounds play their four years and really never catch on to the articulate piece or the, the need to speak proper grammar, um, not necessarily catch on to what is professional. Are those all things that you address and, and, and find yourself having to address with uh, former athletes, just because I know 
from a coaching standpoint, there have been some players that have left programs, and I know she may struggle just because I know that she hasn't made the adjustment or it hasn't clicked in yet or she doesn't yet realize there's going to be a level of professionalism that you're going to have to have in order to market yourself, to sell yourself, for a company to see you if it's corporate or whatever it is that they're choosing to do, even in entrepreneur entrepreneurship. Um, do you find that and do you have to address that and do you talk about that with the former athletes in regards to professionalism? Yeah, so so one of my clients, um, he was getting ready for for an interview, and we talked about him having to to um, do something with 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 his hair, um, and not saying that there's anything wrong with with having long hair, but it's it's got to be kempt in some way. So however you choose to do it, it's got to it's got to just be well kempt. Um, we we're having that discussion because, you know, what I was what what I had to explain to him is this environment that you're going into. You have to think about uh, where you are and who you're around and and the difference between now being in a corporate setting uh, versus being out, you know, on the court with, you know, with, with people who, who may be your friends. Yes. Right. And so if you're getting a chance to run up and down the court and, 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 and smack talk with 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 your friends, essentially, you know, that's a very different energy than working with people who a who don't have the same who may not have the same background that you do but then there's there's a different level of kind of hierarchy and management that you're going to be dealing with in corporate setting um and then you know you also have to think about about perception and and impressions right you you don't get a second chance at making a first impression and so while i think that it's important to have a certain level of authenticity um it's also important to understand what environment am i in now and making sure i understand that environment and how it differs from what i may have been used to being in locker rooms being on the court etc there 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 is there is a difference there and and so that and, and so part of that is, um, you know, is built into the conversation because because we have discussions around uh, interviewing and, and presenting yourself. And, and 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 I'll tell you that, you know, even when I was co uh, coaching corporate clients, um, you know, you would see that uh, that students that I, cause I used to coach um, uh, MBA students and so forth. And I would and I've and I've been to career fairs where you know, the person is come is sauntering up and the suit's not, is, is kind of halfway on, halfway off, the, you know, or the shirt's kind of, you know, disheveled a little bit, um, you know, the way that they're coming across in terms of asking questions. And I, I mean, I had one candidate who was like, y'all are hiring. I was like, y'all are hiring? This is how we're asking for... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was just like, this flabbergasted, um, you know, but, but again, if you're not with the tools you think that's okay uh and so so that's something that is definitely addressed to make sure that you're you feel prepared all the way around it's not just about looking good on paper it's about when you show up that you also you know look good in in the sense of you, you're able to present yourself well and, and come across effectively yeah yeah all great things what you do is necessary it is so necessary and I'm so honored to really just talk to you and uh, listen to you and have my audience listen to you. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, Julia? And, and also, too, I know you mentioned a workshop. Take this moment to share in detail about your workshop and how my listeners can get in contact with you to, you know, uh, hire you for your services. Uh, absolutely. So so uh, 
So I, I think in, in terms of workshop for the coaching, for the group coaching program that, that that's launching in the in the first quarter, um, they can actually visit um, visit my website. There's a link specifically for that for folks to sign up. Um, so that's rockcareer.com backslash um, the letter B. T-O-B list. So B2B list. The name of the program is Ball to Boardroom. And so um, in order to to get on the the, the waiting list, it's um, rockcareer.com backslash B2B list. Um, if folks want to start working right now, if they don't want to wait till the first quarter to be part of the cohort, um, you know, or the group coaching, they can actually uh, head right to my website, which is uh, rockcareer.com. And there's a strategy session link that they can click and they can book that session with me for us to get started so that so that we can discuss their one on one coaching plan and, and how I can best assist them in terms of, you know, where they want to go, uh, whether it's that they've already been job searching and not having su- success or they don't know where to start or what have you. Um, you know, that's an easy way to get in touch with me. Um, and if you're not, and if you're not ready for that, if you just want to inquire, you can send an email to, um, hello at rockcareer.com or on our website at rockcareer.com. There's a contact, uh, field as well. So that folks just want to reach out there, um, and say, Hey, I just want to get more information. That's an opportunity as well. Um, and then if people just want to keep up with me on social media, you know, start, keep the dialogue going, they can follow me at, on Instagram and Twitter at the Julia rock. Awesome. Awesome. And is there anything that I didn't ask you that uh, you you want to share before we before we end the episode? Um, I don't know if it's necessary that you didn't ask, but I just want to share with with the athletes that are listening um, that, you know, don't lose heart. Right. Because I know that especially when you're thinking about shifting, it may feel overwhelming. Like I I may not have the skills. I don't know if I'm going to get a job. I don't even want to shift. I love my sport. Um, Don't don't lose heart. Um, You're not you're not missing out on anything if you make this shift, because the, the truth is you gave your sport the best you could. And now you have an opportunity to use all those skills you've learned in a, in a brand new, fresh way and add value and create opportunities for other people with those skills. So don't lose heart. Don't doubt yourself. Don't feel discouraged by the idea of making this shift. It's a new adventure and a new opportunity for you to use all the skills that you've learned on the court, use them in a, in a, in a unique way uh, off the court. So just, just wanted to share that because I feel like folks are a little bit discouraged sometimes when they have to make that shift. So just wanted to give that, that extra vote of encouragement. That's awesome. Julia, you are a light girl. You are a light. <laughs> it is such a Thank pleasure you. to talk to you. I just hear your energy and your passion for what you do And again, I've said this, I'm going to say it again, it's so necessary. It is so necessary, especially for black women we need and black men and our black men, of course, for sure. Uh, I always, you know, like I I lean toward the women because, again, this is a podcast for black women. But uh, a lot of black men listen. I have a lot of black men who reach back and, and tell me that they've learned so much about us as black women because of this show. But what you do is so necessary. I, I applaud you, Queen. I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking this time to come on these three things and talk about what you do and share with my audience. And uh, all of the information that she just gave will be on the podcast page of my website, these3-things.com. You can follow up with Julia there. There will be links to everything that she just shared with you on that page. Uh, 
uh, titled <laughs> under this episode. So um, everyone can reach you there too as well, Julia. Thank you again. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this episode of These Three Things with career and leadership development coach, Julia Rock. There will not be a These Three Things at the end of this episode, but what we will be doing tomorrow night, Wednesday, November 10th, Julia Rock and I will be on my Instagram page at These Three Things Podcast live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about her business. We're going to talk more about this conversation and the importance of making sure that our black athletes, whether they be pro, whether they be out of college, get the careers that they deserve. So this work is necessary. I can't wait to talk with Julia tomorrow live at These Three Things Podcast on Instagram, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll see you guys there. Hey, Queens. Thanks for listening to These Three Things Podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing today, I encourage you to go to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and leave a review and tell me what you loved about this episode.